Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. So great to have you on board. Thank you for plugging in, and hopefully uh, this is a podcast that is delivering you value, not just for you, but also for your team and helping your team drive the results that ultimately become sustainable, and in the process, helping you move towards becoming that exceptional sales leader. Now, late last week, I did a podcast in relation to the keys to influencing your audience and it was essentially nine planning steps to putting a presentation or a pitch or some form of influencing conversation together and in that podcast I did allude to the fact that I'd like to do another podcast episode in relation to some structures of a presentation or a pitch that would help us increase that level of influence. So it's one thing to be planning because often when we fail to plan we're actually planning to fail and it's no such thing as Uh, winging it, although there is, but uh, if you're trying to wing it more times than not, you're probably not going to get the results that you are looking for. So it does pay uh, huge dividends to spend some time up front to really plan out your presentation, plan out the conversation you're about to have, certainly plan out some pitching and influencing conversations you're about to have because what that does, as we talked about last week, it will stack the odds significantly in your favor about getting the result that you're looking for. So in today's episode, I wanted to cover off two ways, two methods or two structures by which we can uh, take all the planning we've done and put it into some sort of format so that we can deliver a presentation with confidence and ultimately influence the audience that we're wanting to influence. Now, if you remember back to the episode on Friday, I talked about uh, point, point number four or step number four in the planning process was to choose a structure. Now, we only do that once we've actually understood understood the analysis of the audience, so who's going to be in the audience, what the objective of the presentation or the conversation is going to be, and therefore collecting the information that's going to be relevant to that objective. Once those three things are in place, only then can we sit down and think about, all right, what sort of structure can I put in place to influence my audience, influence the key stakeholders that are in front of me. Now, when we do this, it means it's a lot easier to put the, I guess, the information we've collected into a format that will give us confidence to then be able to deliver that message with resonance, with also with hopefully charisma, but certainly with confidence. Now, one of the key things I've learned over many years of working with sales teams, with teams, and just with just people in general, is that it's it's interesting that people are really nervous when it comes to presenting to anybody, whether it be even standing up in front of their own team if they're not used to it, let alone standing up in front of some key stakeholders or in fact a customer when there's something on the line. For example, I need to close a sales, therefore I've got to try and influence this particular customer to take a certain course of action so that I can close the sale because I've made the promise to my business that we need to close this. So there's a level of nervousness around that. But even even when you're standing up in front of a, a small group and it could just be at, a, at an out of, out of work sort of function, people for some reason are quite nervous about this. And it's often been said when it comes to presenting, there's an analogy that's used quite often which says that often people would rather be in the coffin than be responsible for delivering a eulogy at a funeral. Now, that's a bit of an extreme sort of an example, but it does actually point to the fact that most people, 
gross generalization, I know, but a lot of people would rather do anything else other than present or stand up in front of a group of people and deliver a message or run some sort of uh, function or some sort of, of meeting or, or workshop. Now, it's, it's really in- interesting because it doesn't have to be like that. And one of the key reasons why I've dis- what I've discovered working with many people is a lot of the nervousness comes from, first of all, a lack of preparation, and second of all, a lack of structure when it comes to uh, formulating that thought process and formulating the message to be able to deliver that to the audience in an effective way. And look, it doesn't have to be like this. And, and one of the key things around uh, learning a structure is it can give you it can give you a framework that enables us to conduct a really powerful and influential presentation without crutches such as PowerPoint. And, and certainly gets to a point where if you do this really well, you can get to the point where you can deliver a really good message without even having to need notes. Now, for many people, that's a bit of a bit of a um, uh, a complete game changer. And right now, you might be sitting there thinking, "Well, I could never present anything to anybody without some form of notes in front of me." But I'm here to tell you that the more you plan and the more you use structures, like I'm going to share with you today, the more chance you're going to have of moving towards the opportunity to not have to rely on notes because you know your content so well. You're still going to be doing the planning and you still write, might write notes in terms of planning and structuring out your presentation. But when it comes to delivering, because you've rehearsed it so well and because you know your content so well, you'll have a level of confidence that you'll be able to just follow the formula, follow the structure, and you'll be able to deliver that without notes. And how good would that be if you can do that? Because I can tell you the great orators don't necessarily need notes and the great uh, influencers certainly don't need to use notes, but they can they can have a conversation and draw you in. It's because they use uh, structure, but also there's a lot of other things they do as well, which I'm not going to cover off in today's podcast, but structure is probably the biggest one because it does give certainty to the presenter, but it also provides certainty to the audience, which is what we're all about. So with that said, I want to share with you two key structures today in this episode that hopefully will be of service to you and your team. And if you'd like a copy of either of these, uh, please send me an email at Darren at darrenmitchell.com.au. That's Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at darrenmitchell.com.au. And uh, just put in there a request for the presentation structures, and I'll be more than happy to send you the templates. So the two structures I'm going to share with you today, number one is called an, what's called an impromptu structure, and it's really geared for some short-term presentations, and certainly in situations where you might be given little or no notice to provide an update on a particular project, or a particular opportunity, for example, and you need to be able to present that in a way that is influential, certainly creates a level of certainty in the stakeholder's mind that you know what you're talking about and can give you confidence in order to deliver that message in an effective and influential way. So that's the first one called an impromptu structure. And then the second one is a little bit longer and it's known as the informative structure. And this one comes from Peter Rogen. Uh, as I talked about last week, Peter, was uh, he started the organization Rogen and this particular presentation structure is one that's widely used around the world and it just works. It's been working for 50 years and no doubt, unless something comes out up that is actually better than this, it will continue to work well, well into the future. So let's talk about the first one, the impromptu structure. Now you might've heard this term, there's three key steps. Like everything we talked about last week, there's in any structure, there's a beginning, a middle and an end, whether that's a song, a book, a, a email, a movie, uh, and certainly a presentation. There needs to be a beginning, there needs to be a middle, and there needs to be an end. Now, the impromptu structure is also known as the tell them, tell them, tell them structure. There's three core components. The first one is tell them. 
And this is literally about, tell them what I'm about to tell you. So this is about the introduction or the beginning of the presentation. The second part is tell them, as in tell them the meat of the conversation. Tell them the crux of what is the core content of the presentation. So tell them the message. And then the last tell them is tell them what you've just told them. So this is the summary or the end. So this is a really simple way because essentially what you're doing is you're giving the person the opportunity to hear the message literally three times. You're going to tell them what you're about to tell them. You're then going to tell them and then you'll tell them what you've just told them. Now, at a really high level in the introduction part, it might be thinking about, okay, what are the three core opportunities you're talking about or you're wanting to close in this particular quarter, right? For example, so you just highlight the top three opportunities in the tell them. So you'll be saying something like, so what I'm going to do in this in this uh, presentation or this conversation is give you an update on the three opportunities and you'll just list them out. So this is the introduction. Then in the next tell them part, you're going to go into a little bit more detail and you'll still talk about the three opportunities, but you go into a bit more granular detail in terms of where the opportunities are sitting, what the probability is, what are some of the roadblocks, uh, or anything else that's going to be pertinent to giving an update in relation to that particular opportunity. So the middle tell them is where the core content is going to sit. And you'll probably spend a little bit more time on this because this is where you'll provide more details. And then the final tell them is telling them just what you've just told them, which is a literally a summary. And it could be simpler. So right now we are at 75% on this opportunity, 80% on that opportunity, and 95% on that opportunity. And then you'll tie it all up with, so as you can see, we've got some good momentum happening, and I reckon that we'll be able to close these within the next 30 days, or whatever the case might be. But using the tell them, tell them, tell them structure is a simple three-step process that enables you to give an update in a structure that gives the person confidence that you know what you're talking about, first of all, but also gives you certainty that you can follow a, a structure or framework to deliver an influential message. And that's the first one, the tell them, tell them, tell them structure, or what we call the impromptu structure. The next one is a little bit more detailed, and I won't have time to go through this in, in a lot of detail, but I'll just give you a high-level overview. And this is called the informative structure. Again, there are three core components. You've got the beginning, the middle, and the end. In the beginning, we've got a number of different components, and it starts with the opening. Now, the opening is can be as simple as, good morning, everybody, welcome to this conversation, or welcome to the presentation, or whatever the case is that you normally would open it. There's also an optional creative opening, and the creative opening is a really good one, particularly if there's something that you want to bring to the table that is relevant to the content and the topic that you're talking about. And a creative opening could be anything from a video that you want to show, it could be an audio, it could be something physical that you want to demonstrate or show to the group. It could be as simple as an opening joke or an opening metaphor, whatever the case might be, but it has to be relevant to the topic. And this is why it's uh, optional. If there's nothing that you've got that can add some flavor to the topic or is creative to grab people's attention up front, then it's don't use it. It's as simple as that. Just keep it as, as basic as just whatever your opening is going to be. The next part is uh, talking about the subject. So the topic of the sub of the conversation. What is the what is the purpose of the conversation? What is the topic we're talking about or the subject we're talking about? And then the last component of the beginning is your agenda items. Now, best practice is you'll have no more than three key agenda items. Now, the reason for three is based on a lot of research, uh, we've discovered that most people can remember things in threes. Now, anything more than that, they start to wander off and think about other things, and they can't necessarily recall all of the information you're covering. The key to a great presentation and the key to an impactful and influential presentation is to make sure that it is memorable. Now, to stack the odds in your favor and make it easier for your audience to remember, hey, think about threes, three agenda items, three core messages, that's it, all right? So in your agenda, in the beginning, you've got your agenda item number one, agenda item number two, and then agenda item number three. 
what this does in the beginning, it sets up the context and it sets the framework for the conversation. So people in the audience are knowing that this is the topic we're talking about. And they also have some certainty around how many agenda items are going to be covered in the presentation. So they're not sitting there thinking, oh my God, when's this going to finish? They've got some uh, certainty up front. So that's all in the beginning. Uh, opening, creative opening subject, agenda item one, agenda item two, and agenda item number three. Once you've established that, then we move into the middle component, which is the beginning, middle, and end. So the middle part of the of the three-step process, this is where we'll go back into uh, the agenda item number one, and we'll start to talk about body number one, body number two, body number three. And this is the core chunk of information or the core content of the presentation. Now, depending on how, how long your presentation is going to go for, you might actually have what's called a little lead-in, and lead-in is like a mini creative opening or a mini introduction to the agenda item number one. And then you'll go into that with the lead-in, and it could just be as simple as so. With that all said, let's jump into agenda item number one, which is how the business was looking over the last 90 days. That is called a lead-in, which will then go into the body of the conversation. And depending again on how much content you want to cover off, you might actually have a little mini conclusion at the end of that particular chunk of information. Once your mini conclusion is done, you can then then make the transition into the lead-in for the body number two, which is linked to agenda item number two. So it goes from lead-in, body number one, mini conclusion, into the lead-in for body number two, and the mini conclusion for body number three, which then leads into the lead-in for body uh, content number three, and the mini conclusion for number three. So the middle part of the presentation is where the bulk of the content is going to be. And because we've set the, I guess, the precedent or the expectation up front in the beginning part that there's going to be three agenda items, you're not going to have the audience members sitting there thinking, what, when's this going to finish? Because they know exactly where they are because you've said, we're now talking about agenda item number one, agenda item number two, and agenda item number three. So that's the middle part. And then to wrap it up, you go to the end. And this is where you move from agenda item number three in terms of the body and finishing the mini conclusion. And you go into the summary. And so we go back to, we're going to summarize the first agenda or the first content chunk. Then we're going to move into summarizing the second one and then moving into summarizing the third content chunk. Now, by the time you finish the presentation, what you've essentially done is you've confirmed the to the audience your content three different times. So you've established it up in the beginning in terms of the agenda. You've also uh, covered it off more in more detail in the middle part of the presentation. And then at the end, you're also going to be summarizing. So for many people, hearing things more than once is what's required in order for them to, first of all, remember things. But certainly when it comes to getting them to make a decision or to take some form of action, they need to often hear it more than once in order for their brain to kick into gear and say, yes, this is the, this is the direction we need to be taking. So when it gets to the end component, you'd go through the summary of one, summary of two, and summary of three in terms of the, the key agenda items. And then the final part of that in the end is the conclusion. And the conclusion really is all about what is the call to action? What is it that you want them to do as a result of this particular presentation? So if you think back to when, there were, when we were planning, one of the things that point number two or, or step number two on the nine planning steps was to really get clear on what is the objective of the presentation? How do you want your team or the audience to think, how do you want them to feel, and what is it that you want them to do. So when it comes to delivering, when it gets to the conclusion, the objective of your presentation must be matched by the call to action you're going to put in place as a result of the presentation you've just delivered. Because at the end of the day, if there's no call to action, if there's nothing you want the audience to do, then really what's the point of the presentation? And so this is the whole thing. Having a structure like this enables us to really think clearly on what is the objective, 
What are the things we want them to think, feel, and do? And how can I put it into a structure that enables me to deliver it in such a way that my message will match the call to action that I'm looking for? And so when done well, this structure absolutely works 100% of the time. Now, I've actually spent two days working with teams and taking them through a presentation skills and a pitching skills course. And before they do their presentation on the morning of day one, I say to them, by the time we finished, at the end of the second day, what if I said to you, you could actually present a message to an audience, first of all, without any PowerPoint need needed whatsoever, but also without a level of notes. And you should see their faces. They're absolutely aghast because it's it's completely foreign to them. And then when they present for the first time, they will go through and they'll use PowerPoint. They'll be reading their notes and, and so on and so forth. So it's really interesting to see the transformation they make They make in a short space of time, in fact, in the space of a day, where at the end of the second day, they actually can sit down using this structure and deliver a presentation which is, which is concise, it's to the point, it's relevant, and it's also without the need of any PowerPoint and certainly without the need of any notes. And to see the people's confidence levels grow simply because this structure works is absolutely phenomenal. So that's known as the informative structure. And again, if you'd like a copy of this, please send me an email, darren at darrenmitchell.com.au and more than happy to send you templates uh, and also answer any questions you might have in relation to this. So I hope that message resonates. I hope that makes sense. Uh, this structure just works. And if you're not using a structure right now uh, or the structure is a little bit inconsistent, give this a crack because as I said, it just works. So with that said, if you'd like some help with uh, your pitching, your presentations, or you need some help with your team doing that, love to have a conversation with you. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, and we'll have a conversation about how I might be able to help you and your team improve your pitching, but also don't forget, also help you take your leadership to the exceptional sales letter level. So look forward to that conversation, and even more than that, look forward to catching up with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.